Well, welcome back to the Christmas Project here on the Bushnell Project. And man, we are plowing into some serious, deep stuff here on the incarna- our incarnation of Jesus Christ. So I don't even want to get into who I am or any of that or making marriage great. I hope you've got guys that you're there. I hope you're there with your spouses. And I hope you're telling your friends about this. Here we go. We're just continuing to go in deep. Who is this Jesus Christ? Who is this Son of God? And we're reading out of G.I. Packard's Knowing God, page 55. And just continuing on, he just talked about what does the Bible mean when it calls Jesus the Son of God? So he continues on. G.I. Packard does. These questions have puzzled some, but the New Testament does not really leave us in doubt as to how they should be answered. Oh, imagine that. That's me speaking now. Back to G.I. Packard. In principle, they were all raised and solved together by the Apostle John in the prologue to his gospel. It seems he was writing for readers of both Jewish and Greek backgrounds. He wrote, as he tells us, in order that they might believe, this is quoting from John 20, verse 31, believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, have life in his name. End of quote from John chapter 20, verse 31. Back to J.I. Packard. It is as Son of God that he presents Jesus throughout the gospel. So, Jesus is Son of God, right? So, Packard continues on with a new paragraph here. However, John knew that the phrase Son of God was tainted with misleading associations in the minds of his readers. Jewish theology used it as a title for the expected human Messiah. Greek mythology, man, J.I. Packard, so good, right? Greek mythology told of many sons of gods, supermen born of a union between a god and a human woman. In neither of these cases did the phrase convey the thought of personal deity. In both, indeed, it excluded it. John wanted to make sure that when he wrote of Jesus as the Son of God, he would not be understood, or that is, misunderstood in such senses as these. He wanted to make it clear from the outset that the sonship which Jesus claimed and which Christians ascribed to him was precisely a matter of personal deity and nothing less. Hence his famous prologue in John 1, 1 through 18. And I'm not going to read all of it. He doesn't quote all of it, but he talks about it. And the Church of England reads, it annually as the gospel lesson for Christmas, day and rightly so. Nowhere else in the New Testament is the nature and meaning of Jesus' divine sonship so clearly explained as here. So we'll go over that tomorrow. What I want you guys to do is to go and read in the Gospel of John, the first chapter again, focusing on chapter 1, I'm sorry, on verses 1 through 18, and thinking about how clever the Church of England is on Christmas Day. This is what they read. Where we want to go and read in Luke, right? They're reading who this Jesus is, right? And how awesome that is and how that's missing, how I've missed that, right? So who is this Jesus born in Bethlehem? Who is this baby born to Mary in the city of David? Out in a manger, not even 
I mean, if it's God, how come he couldn't orchestrate somebody giving up their room for the Son of God? Wowzers. So to encourage you, get into the Gospel of John, read chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and start asking yourselves, who do we believe Jesus Christ is? Who do we believe the Son of God is? And pray. So let me just pray for you guys. Pray for just our spirits right now, or that the Holy Spirit would minister to us. So Father, just pray through your ministry of your word, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the gospel, Lord, that you would minister to us. Open up our eyes and our minds and our hearts and our soul to the feast that is before us in the gospel of John about who Jesus Christ is, who the Son of God is, Lord. Enlighten us, encourage us, strengthen us. Lord, I pray for our marriages. Lord, I pray that you would help our marriages to be strengthened. Lord, that you would be glorified in our marriage, in our reading of your word, in our pursuing you and pursuing one another. Be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.